Hey, hey, it's Pablo, your Chief Executive Connector, and you just stumbled into a fascinating conversation with my buddy, Devin Bravaco, who has been overcoming a bunch of stuff lately and has come out of it with a really amazing attitude that's broader towards human connection, vulnerability, and content. So buckle up, because this one gets deep quick, but you are in for a bunch of value and an amazing perspective from an amazing person. Enjoy. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, In my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you, and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now if you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Where did you move from? Miami. Oh, oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm a, I'm a quintessential Miamian, right? Like I'm like born in Latin America, half Cuban, half Venezuela, and grew up in Miami, listen to Pitbull, like all that. <laughs> Pitbull. <Yeah>. I love it. <laughs> what about you? Tell me about you, Devin. Like I feel like I feel like I know so little about you. I know. I know. Eric kept telling me, he's like, I really want you to talk to Pablo. And I'm like, okay, like sounds good. And then I'd mentioned something else and he's like, you need to talk to Pablo. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so after like the third time, that's when I was like, you know what? Let's talk. I'm born and raised in Jersey, lived here all my life, always thought like I wanted to work in Manhattan, didn't want to go to college. And so I tried everything in me to not go to college and <laughs> didn't work out for me, but it was good. I mean, I met some amazing people from it. So, I, but I moved down to Florida at one point. I worked at Disney World in Orlando, did like an internship there that was like my way of getting around being in college. Yeah. I, you know, graduated from Rutgers, then moved back up here, graduated from Rutgers and started right away working in, in the city. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to do event planning. I planned my first wedding when I was five years old. It was like kind of a joke, but always did. And so like big foodie then. And so worked in the World Financial Center in Manhattan for a financial firm and did every high-end event you can imagine. Bigger budgets than I've ever seen in my life met like every celebrity chef. So like foodie, trust me, you're speaking my language. Dude, that's awesome. Oh, it was sweet. Like every like Michelin star or every James Beard foundation, any, any like top restaurant in Manhattan knew it, 
would plan events in other cities based on their restaurants and where I wanted to go. Only stayed in like Montage, Ritz-Carlton, Four Seasons. Like that was like my lifestyle. Loved it. But then I don't know if you knew. So I'm engaged to Justin. Justin, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that much. So Justin, we got engaged after nine months of dating Mm -hmm. and then he actually, it was like a weird long story. He ended up going to rehab for alcohol. Mm -hmm. We put our wedding, we canceled our wedding, canceled life, life just like then kind of slapped us silly. He was working in hospitality too. That's how I met him. And he was on the venue side. Okay. And so we were both in that lifestyle. He was working a lot with celebrities. I was more with financial advisors and portfolio managers. So we had similar lives, but different people, if you know, the same need. So alcohol and drugs were like a huge part of like our surroundings everywhere we went. Yeah. So he got sober, but I guess like then life just hit us silly and we're like, what are we doing with our lives? Like, we're not happy. I was traveling two to three times a month, like all over the place. And like, wasn't spending time with the family. Anything that I cared about wasn't me anymore. And I just like, I don't know. I, I turned into a, like, I turned into a Manhattan snob really is what it happened. And like, I was like, <laughs> like luxury and yeah, celebrity yeah. chat, you Hospitality know. and financial planners, dude. You just said, you just said Manhattan. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. And like, it was just crazy. It just like, and it, it took me a little while too to realize. So he's from Seattle, lived in Hawaii, mm. moved to mm. Hoboken, New Jersey. And like, no joking. Yeah. Mm. And we just, I don't know, like, life just like was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it was cool, but like, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't me. So we started a real estate business and yeah, started flipping houses. And it's been, we're like, Three years in. So, you know, like the first year is more so like, what the fuck am I doing? doing? (laughs) And then just like kind of educating ourselves and, you know, networking and figuring it out. Our first project, we built a new house from scratch from existing foundation. Why not? We built a 2,400 square foot house. You know, that that's almost easier than like a rehab, right? Like at least, at least you had like an empty canvas, right? Yeah. And I also say that like you learn a lot from it because like you're kind of learning it all at once. Yeah. So I'm grateful for it, but like, is it what I would recommend to people? No. Correct. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's easier to remodel a fucking kitchen and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's (laughs) build a house. So like, let's redo the kitchens and bathrooms. No, let's knock it down to the foundation and build a new house. Like sounds great. So yeah. And then we started doing that and uh, yeah, we So Justin left his job two years ago, a little over two years ago, and I left my job a year ago. And then, yeah, I met Eric and Josh in a weird way. Actually, I want to connect you if you're, uh, I want to know more about what you're doing, but I have like so many people that I want to connect you with. But um, Uh, for the record, I'm open to connecting with people. (laughs) What? I'm open to connecting with people for the record. I, I, that's what I generally (laughs) figured out, (laughs) but I just like, I honestly, I love your energy and I just love like what you're about. And Eric obviously has mentioned a lot about you. And so I just, yeah, but my girlfriend who started her own business Uh also now she moved down to Tennessee. She was a planner with me. She moved down to Tennessee and actually now is in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Um, And she met Eric. And somehow or another, we got connected and I was so apprehensive to take on a job because I just left my job. 
And like, and my job went through an acquisition. So I took a package because they were like interview for your job. And I was like, can I have a package? (laughs) (laughs) What's option B? Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. And they were like, well, can we keep you on? And I was like, I don't want to work here. (laughs) And so Eric, I talked to him and then he was like, please like work for me. And I was like, Okay. (laughs) So yeah, so that's like where we're at now. We have five projects going on now. We started getting into like a design element too. So people start hiring us now to do design and I pick out like every fixture that goes into the house. Mm -hmm. So we have homeowners now contacting us. So we bring in our crews and I do all of like the design fixtures and picking out and just like working with the architects and everything. And then, yeah, I mean, learning podcasting, enjoying yeah. it, meeting people and kind of where we're at right now. So it's, it's been a cool journey. And I, I like finally feel like myself again. Like I feel like I lost myself for a little bit in like yeah. the hustle and bustle. So yeah, I'm grateful to be here. Awesome, man. That's a yeah. great story. That's cool. So when Justin went to rehab, it was, he was drinking for years and years and it got really, really bad at the end, really mm-hmm. bad. And so I ended up finding him on the streets in Manhattan, like passed out one day, like he was working, he was working at the rainbow room. He was doing an event for Lady Gaga. And after the event, he called me and he was like, Dev, I fucked up. And I was like, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. And I literally threw my dog in the car and he got car sick, threw up all over the car, found what kind, Justin, of, dog? What kind of dog you have? Golden doodle. Same oh, macaroni. Dude. Macaroni is like my life, my life. That's awesome. Yeah. I, got, but, I have a, I have a boxer named bacon. So I, I named my dog after food also. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He always used to get street meat at this like one street cart and somehow other he found himself there and I found him on the ground. Oh man. Picked him up, brought him home. Next day I went to work and I was like, you know what? I'm going to steal all your credit cards. Get the fuck out. Of, like figure it out. Obviously he found money and got drunk. Didn't end well. I found, I I mean, I could write a book on like those 72 hours, but anyway, Mm -hmm. I got him into treatment and he was on a plane within 24 hours from there. Went to Vegas for 45 days, which is ironic. (laughs) Oh, Vegas for rehab. I was like, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) I was like, damn, I can only do like three days of Vegas. Oh yeah. 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 No, no. He was there for 45 days in a, a treatment center And I think that was like the hardest thing that I I had ever done. And it was like, I never told my parents he had a problem. So I had to call my parents, Mm. tell my parents, convince Mm. my parents that he didn't hurt me, you know, all these things all at once. And so I think that's really what like, I mean, I went through like really bad depression, really bad anxiety. All my friends from home stopped talking to me. I canceled my wedding, like all within like a short amount of time. And then I was like, you know, I don't know what to do next. And so it's been a journey. It really has been. How long but ago was uh, He's been sober three and a half years. Have you ever, you know, you said you could write a book about those 72 hours. Have you ever like laid that down in a piece of content or like in a story? So it's always something I've talked about and mm-hmm. I, I definitely have to get there because there's so many people, like a lot of people obviously are talking about like addiction now, but nobody... Like there's Al-Anon meetings, but a lot of people don't talk about what it does to like the family members. The support structure. Yeah, that's huge. And how hard it is. And like, it. I mean, it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've been through a lot of shit, but it was fucking. Yeah. 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 Like, listen, what echoes, what echoes with me is I've never been close to substance abuse, but Mm -hmm. my wife 
is severely traumatized from sexual abuse, right? Like yeah. in her, in her youth. And yeah. we talk about it all the time. Like there is no, you know, the stories that are out there are about like, you know, I figured out that this was what's wrong and there's no fucking manual to like that transition period of once you, once you become aware of the problem, how do you incorporate it into your life? That is no longer the life that you had before. It's impossible. I, yeah. I was raped. I was raped and I was also sexually abused. So I know that wow. story real well. Wow. And it, it changes you and you don't realize it until you kind of make it to the other side. And then you look back and you see like all these things that were happening because of what was in your head because of the sexual assault. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I feel for her because it's like I, that happened before all of Justin happening. And I oh, like, wow. and it was like, yeah, I, I yeah. Wow. 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 With you on it. I feel yeah, for your yeah. wife because it's yeah. the worst thing in the world. And people always say like, well, why didn't you scream? Or why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you get out of it? And you're like, fuck you. You have no fuck idea. You, bro. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like, Don't victim blame shame. Bullshit. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. That's insane. So no, I totally, I totally hear it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy story, but it's like cool to see like what you can, what, what your mind and your body can get through and how you can kind of use that story to help other people now. Like I've helped other people through rape victims. I've helped other people that like have a, like a fiance or a husband or someone going through addiction. Yeah. And I, obviously I care a lot more now knowing what I know, Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's nuts. It's like a, it's a hard. Have you ever read uh Frankel's man's search for meaning? Mm-mm. So this guy, Victor Frankl, who's like a big psych, you know, he invented like a certain type of psychology practice. Mm -hmm. Man's search for meaning is his like survival of the Holocaust, right? Like he's like mm -hmm. his story, like 80% of the book, it's his story surviving a concentration camp. And then the last 20% is his theory on like psychology, which essentially revolves around the idea that if you strip human beings down to everything, really yep. just like the meaning is survival is like, is, is being here is existing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I can't even bring up that book without getting goosebumps, but like, it's, you know, it kind of, I don't know. It just cycled with, with what you just said right now. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's like that idea. You know, I think, I think that's getting louder in the ecosystem. The idea of the struggle is what leads to growth. Right. Yes. And, yes. and, and stuff like that. For me, it's become very present in my life in the last like five, six years, because before that it was, you know, I, I come from a good family that has always had means and I've always yeah. had a great personality so I can like fucking get away with everything and, you know, like whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't until my brother got sick that like I really ever had like an issue that I didn't create for myself, you know? Yeah. And what happened to your brother? He, he got pancreatic cancer and, you know, struggled with it for two, you know, like fought it for two years and passed away. And, you know, within it, it's kind of... It's, it's, I've really just realized that realize what I'm about to say in the last like year and a half. And, and Josh is the first guy that I ever spoke on a podcast about with at Podfest mm -hmm. at pod at podcast movement last year. Mm -hmm. But like, and, and when I spoke to him about, anyways, it doesn't matter. Please, like, it's sure. like, it's like marked. It's completely changed the trajectory of my life. Like it, it was like six, seven years ago, right? Like that he passed. I guess it's I guess it's about to be five years, six years ago that he passed. Mm. And at his so my brother is eight and a half years older than me. And he was always been 
like my North star, but like kind of like my anti North star, right? Like it was like, so my brother's fucking up here. So I'm not going to do that. You know, like literally it was that it was never like, this is what my brother's doing. That's good. And I want to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 1200 people showed up to his funeral. Oh my God. That gives me you know, like, and, and that, so that at that moment, the lesson was a, you know, like I looked around and I'm like, dude, I'm in this Catholic church with 1200 people and this is my community. And like, no matter how much I have like my druthers with the Catholic church, I can never leave this because it's a community and holy shit, community is a business model, right? Like, (laughs) which is, you know, like, like that is what organized religion sells. Yeah. Right. And, and then I started seeing it everywhere. Like the reticular activator. I was like, holy shit, if somebody gets a Harley Davidson, they can never change bikes because they'll lose their friends. You know, like that type of shit. So, so that was the first aha, but the other one was afterwards, everybody that reached out to me about, about my brother was like to a T would say, you know, your brother's this guy that lit up a room that, that brought people together. He was making sure everybody felt comfortable. Like he was always a pleasure to be around. And I never saw that shit in him. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, like when I say anti-North star, I mean, like, I was yeah. like, this is what I don't want to be like. Yeah. And then the, the overall lesson was my brother is exactly who the fuck I want to show up as always. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, who else am I missing this about? Like, who else, you know, like um, yeah. my, my head immediately went to like my, like loser uncle Gabriel that I'm like, what can I learn from Gabriel? Like what I'm not, yeah. what am I not giving him credit for? Like yeah. who else am I? So, so that's been, you know, that's essentially been like the marriage of those two lessons has essentially led to everything that I'm doing. And, 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 you know, like, so, yeah. so that struggle, you know, like is the light that I found in my life. That was like the sacrifice my brother made for me to learn it, you know, like that type of thing. It's um, uh, That gives me goosebumps. Isn't it sad sometimes that like, you almost don't realize it until something bad like happens. Like yeah. it takes like, like it's so shitty that it has to go to like that level to yeah. get to the yeah. other side. You know, like I think of, yeah. Like, as you were talking, like saying that, like, I think of like when Justin went away, like I was so anti-religion. I was so anti-everything. And I mean, my God was literally, that was the time that I like found my, like my God and and had a relationship. And that's literally what got me through it. Yeah. And it's so crazy because it's like, why does it take you to like, like literally be on the floor to then get you to the next side? Which, which I think we can change, like. So number one, I think inherently we learn better from pain than pleasure, right? We're motivated more by pain than by pleasure. Yep. But there has never been, and this brings me back to content and everything that you and I are working on these days, right? Mm-hmm. But like, there has never been mentorship at scale, like like the opportunity for mentorship at scale that exists right now. True. Very true. Very. Yeah. And and raw, like raw truth. Raw. Yeah. Raw like truth. Real, raw, vulnerable. So true. Because yeah. used, it used to be so shameful. It's like finally kind of breaking through that. Yeah. 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 And it's like, fuck that. You know, like, so that really is at the end of the day, why I think everybody needs to get loud. Because it's like, yeah, you can sit there and be like, yeah, the fucking internet. And you're like, no, bro. Like, that's because you're doing it wrong. That's because you're you are using the internet the way that the world used to be, which was like a power over world. And now we're in a power with world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like use it correctly, right? Like yeah. share the shit that, you know, and then the internet won't be an icky place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I, true. yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. And it's like, I even think of it like in our business. Cause it was like, we were trying like so hard to like pretend we were experts at first and we weren't. 
Yeah. Like finally, when I like explain who I am at my core, that's when I started like making relationships that last. And like, that's when I like started really connecting to people and people started trusting me. And then like the work came, but like, so it's so true. Cause it's like, just be you like yeah. everyone yeah. goes through this shit that people just don't talk about. Yeah. And the, and, and at the end of the day, right. Like vulnerability connects. Yeah. Right. So look like now I'm like in like, I'm not in speaking point mode, but I feel like I'm getting into it, but it's like, Number one, like vulnerability is a major, major driver of connection, right? So 100%. like if you're vulnerable, you're going to attract the people that like you should be attracting. Yeah. And two, authenticity is, a, and because of that, authenticity is the highest form of currency these days, right? Like, yeah. you know, like you're not yeah. gonna, you can't hide anymore, man. So like you're either, you're, you're either not being authentic and paying a heavy, heavy tax for it at some point. Yeah. Or just be you, man. And everything fucking works out. <laughs> like. It's so true, especially during these times too. These times are like so weird and like really like you have to like by not having like the same whatever you you do now, it's not the same as what it was before. And so like you need that connection. People need those connections to continue on. Like it's, you know, it's different. It's a different world. Yesterday I made the I made the connection of I like I always I was always like. You know, because when I would, when I would started talking about networking and whatever, it was always just like, like I remember, you know, graduated college, I got this like executive and training job, started me in Miami, moved me to California. In California, once like, once you show up in a new market and you're no longer in grad school or in college or whatever, how do you make friends, right? Like, and I'm like, there's nothing like first. The last time you ever feel that is first week of freshman year of college, where everybody's on the same playing field, so everybody's open to shit. I yeah. think this year has been freshman year of college for the world. Oh, right. Cause so right. Like we all yeah. of a sudden all got, all got fucking level to the same exact level for, for yeah, a moment. That's yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I just, I just, I just thought of that yesterday in like two conversations and I'm like, yeah. isn't that weird? Like you're so right. Because like freshman year of college, you're kind, you are, you're all on the same plane. Yeah. You're First all like, this is a new year. life. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's so true. Yeah. That's so funny. When I was a senior in college, I did a road trip across country for six weeks and I, I slept on random people's couches and did like couchsurfing.org. Sick. And it was like me and my two girlfriends. It's so funny because when you're saying that, it's so true because I remember the three of us going across country, not knowing shit. We were naive as hell. Mm-hmm. We had like, we were supposed to backpack Southeast Asia. Bin Laden had just been killed. And so mm-hmm. my my friend's brother is in some undercover, whatever, terrorism travel. He's like, you're not going. So we canceled our trip. Didn't get insurance because whatever rented a car and we're like, peace. Okay. Domestic backpack. Yeah, exactly. And it just like resonated with me when you said that is like, I remember being outside of the Northeast and people like we stopped on the side of the road to figure out, okay, where are we going to go next? Like what state are we going to? What direction are we going? I don't even know where we are. So we stopped on the side of the road and people would stop over to like be like, are you okay? And we would be like shitting our pants. We're like, yeah. why is this person talking to us? Oh my God, we're going to get raped. Like yeah, yeah. something bad's going to happen. And it's so true because we would be so scared to meet people mm-hmm. like out on the road because we're by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like when we finally opened up to that, it, it it's so crazy. When we finally opened up to it, the people that we met, like we're still friends with today. And that was like how many years ago? I mean, and they were really cool people. Yeah. 
And so it's, it is, it's so true. And and if you want to deconstruct that some more, right? Like you and your friends were all vulnerable. And once yeah. you're allowed to like accepted the vulnerability and accepted people's trust during a vulnerable moment, now you're heavily, heavily connected. Yeah. You know? So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's cool, right? So crazy. So how did you get to like where you are now? Like, what are you doing? Like, what, yeah. what are yeah. you like? I, 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 like I said, I love your energy. I love like your personality and I love you being a part of wherever I'm surrounded. So I, I love it. Like, tell me more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, so real quickly, I've always been this person, right? Like I've always, I've always just like wanted to be friends with everybody possible. Mm-hmm. For my first 30 years, I thought it was by being the funny loud Ace Ventura impersonator. And then like in my early thirties, I got really into, like, I started, I created a a young professionals group for Habitat for Humanity. Mm. And then I started like getting on boards of charities and creating young professional groups for them. And that taught me essentially that now as I'm getting older, the shelf life of funny guy has a limited shelf life. And the way that you create relationships is by adding value to people's lives. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to figure out how to be valuable to people. Yeah. Aha moment with my brother. I'm like, community is the greatest value and people are more valuable than you think around you. Mm-hmm. I, at that point, don't shut the fuck up about it. Right. Like, and, and then, and I'm like looking for it everywhere. And then at one point, the CEO of my, of the company I was working for doesn't want to go to this like panel about smart cities last minute. And they sent me in his stead at this point, I'm like director of sustainability for this like hospital and university builder and whatever. Cause I got a, I had started my own green building consulting company that got absorbed by my biggest client and they brought me in house and I get to this thing. And for the first time ever, right? Like in the nonprofit world, I had been on a bunch of stages. I had done whatever, but like for the first time ever, I come off the stage and I have like six people waiting to talk to me and I look and I like, I, I like, I take inventory and I'm like, okay, these people waiting to talk to me think I'm more important than I am because I was on a stage and they weren't and the brain justifies what it sees. And they just saw me like on stage with the head of Latin America for Cisco systems and the head of like the smart cities initiative for like the international monetary fund. So immediately I'm like, Oh, I can use this tool. Cause I have an audience. I was bored as fuck at work. Right. Like I was like, they like acquired me and then just put me in a hole to like run my shit, which for like a year and a half, I was great. Right. I was like, I got yeah. health insurance. I'm making a hundred yeah. grand. You know, like, but like after a while, I'm like, bro, I have a shelf life here. Yep. So I wanted to become a business developer. So I, I started reaching out to developers and be like, Hey man, I know that your project is misunderstood that are doing interesting shit. So the first one was this like high rise that they were building in Coral Gables. Coral Gables is like a high income, low, de- low density residential area where the university of Miami is. They were building a high rise on top of the Metro rail station. Residents of Coral Gables are like not in my fucking lawn, but because they're doing it in front of the university with high density on a metro rail station, yeah. I know that they're incentivizing transit-oriented development, which then will fund more public transportation. So I reached out to the developer and I'm like, hey, man, I know that this is what you're up to. I care about it. I care about the future of Skyline of Miami. I want to put this event on about transit-oriented development, invite my young professional groups, put you on stage with a politician on the board of one of my charities and a land use attorney who to this day, now is my client, by the way, that I started this Habitat group with. Host this little event, like 25 fucking 25-year-olds show up. No big deal. Next week, we're backdooring a $60 million project that everybody was trying to get, you know? So, so, so I'm like, ah, got it. Right. So like now now I'm like, all right, this is the fucking formula. And then I didn't shut up about stages and providing stages as like a, you know, it was my, my language back then was like value aggregated business development, as opposed to, as opposed to like closer bullshit. 
Okay. And the way you do it is you grow a community, you know, you got to grow a community and then you put a stage and then that's blah, 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 blah. So I was looking for ways to prove that out, right? So I become a business developer for this company. And then my next opportunity was friend of a friend had this like uh, software startup for Amazon sellers here in Jacksonville. I cut a deal to become a partner and be VP of business development. I jump into a dumpster fire. I was so like obsessed with like, no, I'm a tech guy now. Like I didn't do any due diligence on shit, right? Like the software didn't work. The guy was a maniac and I have to pivot really, really quickly. I had this like idea of like, you know, when I was a green building expert in Miami, I was the only one for the first couple of years, right? So like I was going crazy being by myself. I'm like, oh, these Amazon sellers are having the same thing, right? Like they're just like, they have their VAs, but they don't have peers. Yeah. So so I'm like, we're going to host little events around the country. But then when I realized that, like, I, I jumped into a dumpster fire, I'm like, no, no, fuck this. So like, so I started having, I didn't know what a mastermind was back then, but inherently yep. that's what happened. Right. So like, I took like our 12 highest level paying clients yep. and every other week we'd have a call where we'd provide a little bit of value. And then I'd be like, Loretta, what are you struggling with? And she'd be like, oh, all my VAs keep quitting. I'm like, oh, Emmanuel, like, you know how to you know, manage VAs, what's your solution? And then a month later, I'll be like, oh, you saved my business. And <laughs> and we were like recording all this stuff uh-huh. and using the content to like digital advertising, distributed in a Facebook group. You know, we created this like perfect customer journey to like a cool club at the secret cool club at the top of the customer ecosystem. And then started, yeah. and then we had an event where we put them as the speakers, not us. Mm-hmm. So, so like the people that saw the person in the ad can come meet the person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, ah, figured it the fuck out. Right. Like I'm like, yeah. this is how you scale everything that I'm doing. Don't want to be partners with this guy anymore. Just save this company. Peace. Like I walked away from I, I, I walked away from like the equity and whatever. 2019, start over from zero. Just with this, like I proved my thesis, but my wife is like, dude, you should take like a 90 day detox and yeah. figure some shit out. Cause I fall in love with everybody I meet and, <laughs> and, and people throw opportunities my way all the time and I want to do all of them. Right. So yeah. at the time I was like, cool. I booked four conferences. I booked Gary V's real estate conference. I booked yep. this like e-commerce conference for called the capitalism conference, mm-hmm. Grant Cardone's 10 X and Russell Brunson's Funnel Hacking Live. Mm -hmm. And in those like 90 days, I just iterated through like, "Eh, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that. And I came back with like a list of like 450 people that I've connected with that are now my new network. Yeah. And 450 iterations of like, this is what I want to be when I grow up. And, uh, And that's when I came up with like community creation for business development, that language. It was like in June that I got my first client when I was like selling community. And that was this guy, Brendan Kane who is like, he wrote this book, 1 million followers. Cause he built a million followers in 30 oh, yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. So he was my first client. I'm okay. selling him community. I then, I then go in and now I'm like in the back of the room, reproducing the same thing that we did for e-com. Now I'm like in the back of the room, teach like him teaching the world's foremost content strategies. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and then by end of the year, what I realized I'm like, okay, Community is a byproduct of all of this, but it's not a Monday morning problem. Yeah. What I'm really selling here is a content production pro, you know, it's, it's a way yeah. to, you know, it, end, it, it ends up becoming my product is this like what I call now the relationship flywheel, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the idea that if you can figure out who you're trying to serve, understand the people around you that can help serve those people, design a stage and create this like interaction between you and like a key relationship in front of an audience on Zoom or however, yeah. while incorporating them 
yep. getting that content and redistributing that content in a strategic manner, you now have essentially duplicated the intimate dinner that you want to take your ideal client to. You've duplicated the taking a hundred calls with a hundred clients, but you're just doing it all at one time. Yeah. You are creating marketing materials like a motherfucker all day long. You're creating ways for people to introduce you at scale. And it mm. becomes this business flywheel that is so whatever. So yeah, 2019, I get like my big, big client that is JWB and I implement this thing for JWB. And, you know, I, I implement this thing on a hunch with them, right? Like, and mm. we've been iterating for a year, but everything that I said has happened. So like, I'm like, listen, bro, first thing, first win, you're gonna, you're gonna like go from spending 20 hours a week being like, what do I say to this phone and not look like a douchebag? To, to just like one hour a week, we're going to create shitloads of content. Yeah. Then you're going to reactivate old clients that are going to come back in the fold because they're going to be like, I remember why I like these guys. Yeah. And then we're going to, and then it's going to lead to more sales. And that's really what's happened, right? So like within a month, it was like, we're making all this content everywhere. Yeah. By end of Q1, customer, old customers are coming back in the fold. By end of Q2, we increased their sales 57% and their SEO to conversion ratio by 87%. And now for the last two quarters, we're breaking records of sales and we've completely inverted the funnel. Like now they're getting less leads, but their leads convert to prospects at like three times the rate and people are buying multiple properties at once instead of yes. just buying one property, you know, cause they're not like, I want a rental income property. They're like, I have 200 grand in my portfolio that I want to put into this type of asset class. And they're buying three homes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's just fucking crushing. And yeah, and now I've built a business around this relationship flywheel by bringing Esar as my partner to help me mm -hmm. scale this thing out. And we're relaunching as Be The Stage. Got it. Okay, that, I thank you for sharing it. I love it all. I, lo I like love it all. Like I have so much like, what's so funny. So JWB, when I first got into real estate, I was directed to them. So we've actually had conversations with them before for rental properties. Mm -hmm. So what's somehow Eric brought it up and I was like, oh, I know JWB. He's like, you know, J uh, and it was just like a whole, he's like, that's one of the million times that he told me to talk to you. Yeah. But that's so awesome. I mean, regardless of like, I feel like your content is everywhere too. I feel like I can't open well, social media without seeing your stuff. Yeah, which is awesome. Because I built up the capacity for JWB that I'm now aiming on me. Right. So like now, so, so yeah. now I have four clients and I have like a team yeah. and I'm able to like treat myself as a client. Yeah. And then the next iteration is to do one-to-one -one the JWB strategy, not just, just like having an editor and a poster and whatever, yeah, but like yeah, we yeah. are going to like break out the thematic thing, right? Like there's a lot of strategy involved of like what themes and what pillars and what guests you're going to bring on, what yeah. questions you're going to do, yeah. that then make it to backend content that lead to clients, right? So like right. now I'm spending that intellectual capital on myself because I've been able to get- Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite part about it? What you're doing Dude, now? My favorite part of it is the fact that like at that second conference that I went to the capitalism conference, mm -hmm. I heard Ryan Moran say, if you are going to build a business- that is anything other than something where you're doing what you love doing that you do really best as the thing that drives the business, go get a fucking job if you're not going to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And I've really just figured out how to be a hype man at scale, right? Like, like, like at the end of the day, what I'm good at is falling in love with everyone I meet and I'm a really good communicator. So I make people yeah. look good, you yeah. know? So like, so so my favorite part of it is just the fact that I really, you know, like 
you know what? Some, I don't know. I think that's kind of self-serving. Really, my favorite part is fucking Greg Cohen from JWB is the greatest human being in the world, and he's become my best friend. And like, I, I adore him. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's that's, that's honestly my favorite part. That's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, but like, yeah, I'm just super fucking happy at all times because no matter what the kicks in the nuts are, like, I'm re- I really am. Everything I'm doing is shit that I love doing. So yeah, that gives me. I love that. That gives me goosebumps. It's it's. That's amazing too, because so many people kind of stay in their jobs too and think like this is what life is. And so it's really cool that you're out there, you're doing it and you're meeting really cool people and surrounding yourself with the people that you want to surround yourself with. Yeah. Like, um, man, so- my, yeah, my, my, you know, like I'm, I'm like the face of their con, right? Like the not your average investor show is me and Greg's thumbnail picture, you know, like, so yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. my, my, through them, my network has leveled up immensely as a case study, like it's, it's opening a you know, they've been on the front page of the wall street journal twice and, you know, and I'm like breaking records for them. So yeah. like all that's opening up my, you know, my, I made a really conscious decision to go to podcasting conference and network the shit out of podcasting conferences so I can treat podcasts as my radio row. Mm. Right. So like, so I now, now that I have, you can, you get it. Now yeah. that I have a million podcasting friends, anything yeah. that I want to put out, I can put out at scale because it's like, oh, hey, bro, let me go on your show. Let me go on your show. Let me go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, man. So it's been awesome. It's cool. I never knew the power of podcasting, to be honest, until I met Eric and Josh. And like, I love I love that like media outlet. Like I, it's something that like I really didn't know much about. And it's cool. Like what they've taught me through it. It's, yeah. it's an and awesome. they're awesome dudes, right? Like they're really cool. They're yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. Such yeah. Down to earth, really cool guys. And what I love about them too, is like, I was like, listen, I have my real estate business. I'm building this business. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm not asking you to stop it. I'm not asking you to take, like, I'm not taking you from it. Like I'm, I want you to succeed there and like, we can do this together. So it was really cool. It was like mutually beneficial in many ways. But so that's awesome. I love all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm so excited that we got to talk. Cause like I said, like I just, you know, like there's, I think over the past like couple of years since like life kind of hit me sideways, my biggest thing is just like surrounding myself with people that like, I want to be surrounded with a lot of my, my girlfriends that I had known since preschool, when Justin went to rehab, they decided that they didn't want to be my friend anymore. And some of them are my bridesmaids and they just stopped talking to me. I haven't talked to them since the day that I told them, like, we're going to postpone our wedding. And like, it really like on top of like everything I was going through, like that really just like hurt me. And I was like, I was devastated. And I was like, what, like, I don't know who I am now. Like, what do I do? You know, like I had to like really kind of refigure out like who I was and what I like anything. And so when I started real estate, like I was like, you know, being an entrepreneur, it was like the same, you know, starting your own business, being like that mindset, like you have to like mm-hmm. refigure out who to surround yourself with and the people mm-hmm. that you wanted to be in a room with and the, the people, like, you know, how you feed your mind is everything. And so yeah. it's just, it's so important. And it, so, it, it is, it's, it's like once I finally started like opening up and sharing things. And like, I mean, I don't share anything near as much as you, but like when I started like sharing things and like expressing like myself and my feelings and the things that I had been through and like, like real things like addiction or suicide or mental health or rape, anything real. Yeah. Yeah. Anything real. People were like, Oh shit. Like, okay, cool. And then, then it was like, the business side was easy. <laughs> and it was like, you know, so it just kind of came and that is like, I, I mean, it's silly, but like, that is like everything because like, I even think like when Justin and I buy a house, 
Mm-hmm. We make literally like hand make things and bring them to all the neighbors and introduce ourselves to all the neighbors. And we give them their card. We're like, if you need anything, if you know anyone that wants to sell a house, if you hear yeah. of anything, if yeah. someone, if something's going on, that's weird here, call me. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's even like this little old lady that's like lives behind one of our houses we're renovating right now. And she has no family. And I bring her groceries. I brought her Thanksgiving dinner. I brought her like, Amazing. and I don't, like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. No, I'm know, doing it out of like yeah. the goodness of my heart. Like that, like I, I genu- like genuinely care about these people. Yeah. And that is like what helps like us in our business. And it leads to personal benefit. Right, like it does. It <laughs> yeah, does, and I yeah. don't do it for personal benefit. I do it because sure. I care. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I'll show up with like yeah. you know coffee for the crew. Like I'll show up for food with food for the crew. Yeah. I will, you know, you needed someone like one of my contractors. His uh, daughter was writing her her paper to get into college, and we're doing a project on one of the guys as an English teacher. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, why don't you guys connect? Will you help his daughter write the paper? Like mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like things like that. Like it just. And I do it because like, I just like to, con- I like to connect people to like, however awesome. I can help somebody else. Like I yeah. love it. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just like the people that I, I like, I want to surround myself with and I want to help them. And it is, it, it ends up being like beneficial in the end to you, which is great. Dude, that but, was, that, that was my first, that was my first takeaway from the young professional stuff, man. Right. Yeah. Like Miami is a flaky city, right? So like people, people that grow up in Miami, grow up with this, like disdain for that shit. Yeah. And then people that move to Miami can feel that disdain real quick. And yeah. to me, the to me, the people that were like showing up for these young professional things, I'm like, listen, everybody here at least yeah. passes the test of caring of, of at least one thing that is not themselves. Yeah. You know? So like, yeah. and that's and that's how I'd recruit the young professionals, right? Like that's yeah. that like that's how I'd be like, listen, man, you can, you know, whatever. You can pay your fucking hundred bucks a year and be a part of this shit. But like at the end of the day, if you want to meet people that aren't like, yeah, bro, later, bro. All right, bro. And then never show up, <laughs> yeah. you know, like then, yeah. then this filters for that, Yeah. you know? And, and yeah. then, and, and then like four years later, those people that you start those things with are decision makers in their company. And that's not a fucking coincidence. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Right? For sure. <laughs> right? Absolutely. And, and then the next step was like finding Gary V. Like I was like Gary V. So as I'm like making this decision between joining this e-commerce company and taking over the business development of another contractor that was offering me 130 grand a year. Mm -hmm. I, you know, like I'm at this green building conference and this developer who's I'm trying to get the business from, right? Like young guy who I'm like, bro, this guy's impressive. I want to be his friend. This is like around the time that cereal had already gone viral. So, so I'm like, Oh, you listen to podcasts, you know, like in the comment, he's like, yeah, man, listen to this guy, Gary V. And when I first tune into him, I'm like, I don't like Gary V. Right. Like I don't like the jets. Yeah. And I'm a Dolphins fan, goddammit. But then when I realized, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, this guy is proving everything that I'm saying. Like, like yeah. this guy is the stage, yeah. right? Like this guy, this guy is proving value aggregated business by giving away everything he does. He gets business, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, which is what I kept telling everybody, but there was no like alpha male archetype that was proven that shit at yeah. scale, you wow. know? Like it's, it's so like, you see the pattern everywhere. That's why yeah. I'm so all in on content. Cause it is mentorship at scale right like and it is relationship building on steroids right like it's it is yeah. it's now like i mean i know we talked a little bit about jesse itzler but it's how he launched his like build your life resume like radio his talk radio yeah now. yeah yeah like, it's yeah, awesome he's always putting out content now yeah 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 um, i love jesse bro jesse's uh, he's really cool yeah yeah that's cool uh, you guys he, got to hang out with him yeah he was like the first person i think i guess like 
public figure was, if you want to say it that way, that like really kind of helped us with our mindset too. And really like wrapped us around like the life of like being an entrepreneur, not working for somebody else, like the Mm. mindset, the people, Mm. what you need to do that, like, you got to keep pushing like that kind of stuff. And, and just really taking in everything. It was just, yeah, he's a, he's a really cool guy. Awesome. Um, reach out if I can ever do anything to help you. I honestly, I mean, I know. Likewise, dude, right? Like whatever, I don't know, man. I don't know if you want an intro to the JWB guys or like, I, I, if you want, I, I like, what are you doing with your podcast? What's your podcast about? So, so Justin has a podcast. I don't have my own personal podcast right now. And okay. I'm actually going to start talking. I'm going to start making one. Justin and I have been talking about doing one together for real estate. Mm-hmm. Justin has one that's alcoholic entrepreneur. So he talks about recovery cool. and entrepreneurship. But yeah, no, we're going to start one together, I think, especially now that On Air Brands is kind of wrapping up theirs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man. Really. When you guys, when you guys, when you guys are spitballing that, let me be, let me be in that room. Just like, yeah. like a, a, a strategy for how it'll drive the final result of whatever you're going to do. Right. Like that, I think is a piece that I think most people are missing. And, yeah. And, and it's very, I don't know why my brain works that way. You know, like so I, love I, it. I can help in any way. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, our goal honestly is to start putting content out there so people really know who we are and trust us yep. as individuals. Yep, and, yep, yep. you know, it's building like our lenders, it's building our portfolio, yep. it's building our anything. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So everything from the front end strategy to how to take that one piece to 50 pieces, let me, let me just teach it to you, like whatever you want. Right. Like, I appreciate it. Yeah. And whatever. And I mean, anything I can do ever, please. I, like I said, sure. Just be my friend. As long as, as long as I made it into that, like, like these are the people that I want to surround myself around. That's, that's, that was my goal here. So we're good. I appreciate it. I love it. All right. Well, it was good to talk to you. Good talking to you too. The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people, getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.